The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the Global Liberty Alliance, its network, sponsors, donors, or broadcast platforms. The Global Liberty Alliance provides this podcast for informational purposes. Freedom of speech is a fundamental right and essential for free societies to prosper. Thank you for listening and supporting the mission of the Global Liberty Alliance, dedicated to strengthening and defending fundamental individual rights, free markets, and the rule of law. And welcome to another Global Liberty Alliance podcast. This is Jason Poblet coming to you again across the river from occupied Washington, D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia. We're very excited today to have with us Catherine Sweden out from Luling, Texas. She is the mother of Mark Sweden, an American who's been held hostage for close to 10 years in communist China. For those of you who haven't heard the first podcast we recorded with Catherine, it was back in March of this year. We'll put a link uh, to the program in the program notes for this one. I encourage you all to listen to that one because we're not going to talk about a lot of the background on this case on this podcast because we just uh, are going to get an update. There's been a lot in the news lately about hostages and unlawful detentions, including famous people who seem to be getting a lot of media attention and whether or not they are hostages, frankly, that's very debatable. But Mark is a hostage. Uh, Mark uh, was unlawfully imprisoned. Mark's been treated horribly by the communist Chinese government. And no surprise there, he's an American citizen, he's a Catholic, he's a believing Catholic. So he's not a cafeteria Catholic, he's a believing Catholic. And uh, I believe they're trying to make an example out of him. And we're gonna hear Catherine today to tell us a little bit about how her son is doing. And I'm gonna share with you some uh, legal I'll keep it very non-legal as possible, but I do want to share some of the law that's on the books right now to deal with cases like these, because some of that is making it into the news. In fact, there was an executive order issued this week by President Biden. Of course, the Democrats painted it out to be this uh, super thing that the president came up with. Well, he's just obeying the law that Congress passed and President Trump signed. And frankly, it's a little bit late. A lot of what they are claiming is a spectacular advance in hostage policy is stuff that had to have been done months ago and they hadn't done it. So it's good that they're doing it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But for now, let's talk with Catherine. Catherine, how are you doing? Hello, Jason. Um, I sure uh, am glad to talk to you this morning. I'm doing okay. Just okay. You're always doing great. Drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah, I'm drinking a lot of coffee. and okay. I have another cup as we speak. Okay. Yeah, Catherine loves coffee. We share that in common. We both love our coffee black and strong. So that's uh, yep. one, of many, one of many things we share in common. But uh, Catherine, look, a lot's happened the last few months uh, to your son. Uh, before we talk about that, uh, you've seen a lot in the news about hostage policy lately. You've heard about this basketball player. Uh, you've heard about other cases. What do you, you know, what, what, what do you think of, you know, you're out in Lulling, Texas. It's a, it's a nice little town out there, about 6,000 people. This, this case kind of puts you at the, at the heart of a lot of important international issues here in Washington that compete for attention. When you see this from your perspective in Texas and you think about what your son's going through, and what comes to mind? What comes to mind is uh, I was 
disappointed when uh, Trevor Reed was released and they did not release the other Marine um, that's been suffering in there also. Uh, that was disappointing to me. Um, I know that uh, there's, I don't know all the political side of it, but that's what comes to mind when I um, when I see all, all of this stuff on the news. That's the first thing I, I'm thinking about, that he's still there. Hmm. You think they should have waited for a deal where everybody was brought out? I think that he and um, and uh, and Paul Whelan, they should have included Paul Whelan. There was no reason not to that I can see. Um, and now I understand they're wanting to. The, and the other thing they do is um, they say it's not good to trade people for for others that are hostages and uh, detained people. Um, I've seen a lot of comments about that, and I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I really seriously do not want to pay for um, the next 40 years for, for someone from Russia or China to be sitting in our jails three meals a day, and uh, I don't want to be paying for that when my son is uh, is detained and he's living horribly, if you can call it living right now. Well, he's, so survi he's surviving. He's surviving. And yeah, and you're, and you're right. The case of Paul Whelan, uh, he's been detained in Russia since 2018. And yeah. it's quite amazing that he just doesn't get the media attention that he does. Uh, and yet people who are recently arrested, perhaps even breaking the law, somehow seem to be getting to front and center. And then it's as if all these other Americans like your son, by the way, there's about 60 and I think that number yes. is much higher. There's about 60 Americans unlawfully in prison in countries around the world. Some of them are hostages. Now, that's not yes. counting those held by you know non-state you know non-state actors. So it's it's a it's a problem. And mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit later about the policy and the law. Let's talk a bit about your well, son. Also, um, in those 60 people, um, there I don't know if they're included, but there are people that just want to leave. Uh, and they're not being, they're not detained or anything. They just won't let them leave the country. Yeah. In fact, and, we, have, we, we, we have a case in Cuba, for example, Alina Lopez, who was released, but they, the Cubans won't let her come back to Florida. They just are just holding her there. And that, that's still in my book, a hostage. It's the same thing as being detained and a hostage. Yeah. It is exactly the same. And, and, uh, I think it's very politically unfair that those who have a lot of money and a lot of influence get the center spotlight or they are released from places like China, two that I know of, um, and others are not. And I don't understand what the, uh, well, I do understand it's uh, money and fame gets you where you want to go. I mean, and uh, for a small time, you know, person who is just trying uh, doing everything I can in this small town, um, I feel like I'm I'm one woman against all of China, and uh, I don't you know, get the notoriety. No, it's it, in fact it's good. It's a good point you raised, Catherine. And we're talking with Catherine Sweden, mother of Mark Sweden, an American hostage in China. The 
it's a good point. I just want to stress it to folks. And a good something good happened this week in the in the sense that China has been added to a list of places where Americans run a very high risk of wrongful detention. But Catherine yes. is stressing some cases, and I'm going to leave the names out out of respect for the families that are going through the, through through some of these problems or who have gone through that problem. But there have been cases of other Americans who have been allowed to leave China who are unlawfully in prison, much less time than Mark has been detained. And our government mobilized. I know they did. Again, I'm not going to say who they are. Uh, this case, Mark's case, it's as if Catherine is, when well, she has been, not as if. She's been waging a one-woman fight for her son's life. Like, that's how we met. We met through social media and through friends that urge that we connect. And that's, that's outrageous. It makes me so angry that our government has to be poked and prodded to act. It's not as if she's asking for a lot. The number one and only duty of a U.S. embassy, no matter where they are, is to come to the defense of American citizens, period. But why the heck has Mark been rotting out there in some gulag prison? Because that's what it is, a gulag prison. And yes. it takes Catherine to go to social media and lawyers in Washington to make noise. It, it's, it's terrible. You know, during the Trump administration, I remember that there was a famous case that got a lot of media attention, and I was very critical when it happened. It was the ASAP Rocky case. I think he got, he's a rapper who was stopped in Sweden or something. And somehow we dispatched our, our Spiha out there, the hostage person, to go and, I mean, I, I quite didn't understand why they did that. Sweden's a democracy and they got rule of law and they have due process and good court systems. And now in this case, uh, in, in this administration, they're highlighting the case of a, a WNBA player that may or may not be in unlawful detention. Again, I'm very critical of that too. I'm not, I well, mean, I'm, I, mean I, I, don't, I don't think mm -hmm. anyone should be detained anywhere unlawfully. But what about Mark's case? Why haven't people focused attention on cases like Mark? And that gets me so upset. It makes me very angry. Well, I have to say, Jason, that this is not uncommon anywhere you go. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, money talks and everything else walks. Hmm. And the notoriety makes, and I was told myself personally by two people in the State Department that getting, getting her home first, Brittany, would make everything, would make the United States government look good. And it would make it easier for the rest of hostages and detainees to come home. And I could not wrap my head around that statement, and I still can't. But uh, well, well, you know, the I reason why I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the reason why you can't is because it makes about as much sense as a trap door in a canoe. And and and, well, and, it, and which, which which it's ridiculous that anyone would think that. And maybe they were given bad information, but well, over not... the last three years, I I am. I'm happy that Mark's case got as far as it has, because prior to that, nobody cared. And it has gotten, because of you and because of um, the State Department, the SPIHA, it has gone this high. And so I'm grateful for that. But um, I think there's a lot of um, um, people who are standing in the way in uh, the government, and uh, make no mistake, Secretary Blinken has the power, 
He has the power. He has the money. He has the people behind him to get this done. Yeah, I'm fact, not a. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not a professional. I'm not in the government. I have common sense, though. And I know there is a way. And if there's a will, there's a way. And there's plenty of will. Plenty of will. And, um, well, plenty of will. I, there, I there, there, that... there needs to be more will from Secretary yes. of State Blinken and from the right. National Security Advisor and from the president and from the vice president to move product. And what's really frustrating yes. about this, and, and I'm going to just unpack a few things for folks that don't know about hostage policy. There's a lot of good people inside our government who want to see Mark come home. And those, yes. people, and those people know who they are. And I wish we could talk about them, but they don't want to be mentioned. And we're not going to mention them. Uh, but we know who you are. And, and Catherine knows who you are. And they're never going to forget what you're doing. There's, there's also a position that we've been talking about called SPIHA, Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs. It's a very new position in the government. And they're going through a, a, their little growing pains. A new kid on the block has to go through some growing pains. But Congress spoke their will. And this town has to get with the program that this is how the policy is being handled, whether rightly or wrongly, this is how it's being handled. The big, the big footnote problem I have with all of this is that we're, we're jumping into a space right now, and this administration is doing it, I'm not sure why, of creating all of this social media, uh, like you said, trying to raise profile of celebrity, you know, I call it celebrity politics. Keep that stuff out of this. This is a serious process. We cannot yes. be cherry picking cases because what you're doing is working against a very serious policy, a very serious mm -hmm. law that took years to put together. And Catherine, by the way, cases like hers, cases like Mark's case are the reasons why this law and groups like the Foley Foundation and many other groups fought for this and families who people will never know uh, took a stand and worked hard with some members of Congress to put this law together. And I think in Mark's case, like Catherine was talking about, they've had some great support from some groups like the uh, Dewey Hua Foundation, his work, the work that's done over there. Uh, but it should not have taken this long to raise profile of the case. It, Catherine didn't need us to help her do this. Why did this happen? One day we'll know. Now what we're trying to figure well, out is what's next. Jason, I have to say that's absolutely correct. And it's a shame that people have to be vigilant in these um, these foundations that are, you know, didn't have the support behind them before, and now they do, and their names are out there, and and they actually really do care about these. You know, people throw that word around: hostage, unlawful detainees. Um, they think that, oh, he's a hostage or he's a detainee, but he's getting three meals a day and, 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 uh, shelter. And, uh, they don't understand what those words mean mm -hmm. and the horrific things that they go through because these governments, especially China can do because they're so secretive. Not only that, they, they lie. And whether we buy it or not in the in the government is uh, one thing. I'm I don't think we should be released. We should be relaxing any tariffs 
anything that they want until Americans are brought home. This has Amen. to be a number one issue. Amen. The second thing is when, you know, and this is why um, when we had the, uh, the meeting yesterday, I wasn't attending uh, it. Um, but when there was a meeting yesterday about the unveiling of, uh, of the, the mural that was done, there's, there's a difference in, the difference between Brittany and I've seen it, the mural again, all over social media with just her face on it and not other people. And uh, that, of course, was planned. But, you know, there's a big difference between her and Mark. She confessed to a crime. And she's been there a few months. I don't know who advised her to do that, but she confessed to it. And the difference between her and Mark is that Mark has been there nearly 10 years and he will never, ever confess to something he didn't do. And he didn't care if it meant them executing him right there or torture, which he has been through some horrific things. Uh, anybody that follows my Twitter knows the horrific things he's been through. Um, the medical reports from a year ago is what I was sent by the State Department. It was a year ago. Um, if it wasn't for some organizations that delved into more of what was going on with him, I wouldn't know half of the half of the things. And, you know, I don't want to know, but I have to know. And uh, and I um, that's the that's the difference to go through. And I taught my kids this, both of them. Um, Never confess to something you didn't do, because then you, you know, okay. But if you if you lie um, about something, you'll be punished. But if you tell the truth, you, you know, and you never admit to something you didn't do, then you're you're good, because the truth will always always set you free. Amen. And that this is something that I instill to them. I remember Mark, he's a patriot, and I remember him five, six years old on 4th of July or whenever he saw um, a flag, anything. He was the first to, to uh, put his hand over his heart. Mm. And the first time I taught them to do that, I think it was at a parade when they were really young. But they continued to do that no matter where they saw it in the mall, in, on the street, in the school bus, no matter where they saw it, they always did that. So he is a patriot, and he will never confess to something he didn't do. That's the difference. And so through all these years of torture and witnessing things that, that are just horrific and disgusting, he, uh, he still won't admit to anything that he did. They beat him senseless for not removing his t-shirt that had a, the U S flag on it. Um, they, um, you know, they, I, I can't go into all the details. It's too much, but. Well, you know, that's um, why I believe, you know, that's why I believe that your son, based on what I know about this case, I'm going to share two things with people. One, I believe Mark is a political prisoner. I believe Mark has through his actions. And one day when he gets out, he will be able to share this with the world. He was singled out for horrible treatment because he did a few things that really upset 
the Communist Party of China. One, just being proud American. And second, being a proud Catholic, practicing Catholic. And he paid a high price for expressing his religious beliefs and his political beliefs. And for that, he's being punished. Second, and most importantly in this case, I think people need to know about this because not everybody is able to receive these decisions. And that's why I say the US government has to stop cherry picking cases. And yes, I'm upset. I'm upset about this because Mark has a decision from the Working Group on Arbitrary Detention, this United Nations Working Group. I'm not a big fan of the UN, but this is one of the good organizations within the UN. Yes. And they have, they have- May a I just say, yeah. may I just say, Jason, that the communist government, the Chinese have infiltrated the UN already. Yes, they have. And there is a whistleblower who got fired and has had death threats because she exposed them Anyone who complains about China to the UN is put on a separate stack and they don't bother with it. We're going to talk and, to you. We're, uh, we're going to mention her in a minute because we've actually interviewed her on this podcast. Have you? Yes, we okay. have. And, she, and we'll talk a little bit about her case because it ties right into what you're talking. This is awesome. I love talking with you because you, you, you follow this closely. I think most Americans don't even know about this. And you follow it so closely because of what's happened to your son. And yes, this just, I have this, to. So despite of how horrible the UN is, this organization on November 21st, 2019, issued a huge decision in favor of Mark, 12 page documents on our website. I want people to download it. I want people to read it. I want people to share it with their member of Congress. I want people to share it with their local media. They're telling China that the fundamental rights of Mark Sweden are being violated. They're being trampled. So what the heck is our government doing? It, 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 it makes no sense. I, I can sit through meetings with just about anyone in this town, and I can guarantee you that they'll have an answer for everything. The government always has an answer for everything. What's lacking right now are political operatives at the very top of power, from the president to the security advisor, to the secretary of state, to the undersecretary of state, all these people. I wish I could name them all, but I'm not going to. Everybody can look them up. They need to act and get Mark the heck out of that place. Briefly on that well, whistleblower, uh, you, yeah, on, on the whistleblower, yeah. you're right about that. Uh -huh. In fact, we, we, we'll put a link to the podcast since you mentioned her. Uh, she detailed how, and she, this lady's fearless. She is fearless and explained how the Chinese, how, how, how the communists have not only infiltrated the United Nations, but how they manipulate the Human Rights Council and they spy yeah. on people and they expose people who bring information. And she said, I'm not going to put up with this. That's when, right. And, and when That's I asked right. her why, when I asked her why she did this sort of thing, she said, it's the right thing to do. I didn't give up my life, uh, a, a lucrative career yeah. in the private sector to come in here, not to do the right thing. And she's doing the right thing. And she should be testifying yeah. before the U.S. Congress, because I believe it's case is people like this who need to be listened to and not all these experts that quote unquote experts that Congress constantly brings before the committees to say stuff that makes it's just recycling of the same thing over and over yeah. again. Let me ask you, how many times have you testified before Congress about your son? I've never testified and I've never been asked. And even though I offered. So you've, um, never, you've never been invited to testify in Congress about your son. No. And I've offered, I've said, take me, you know, allow me to come there and do that. Um, 
And, you know, I will testify about him and about everything I know. And I know a lot, Jason, because I do my research. And well, I, do, have, I have two boxes sitting right here. They recently sent me. Now, when Mark doesn't, speaking of um, the WGAD in, at the UN, World yeah, the Group against. Yeah, the Working yeah. Group on Arbitrary okay. Detention, yeah. I had to tell Mark. And I had to, I had to backwards the spelling on that to say uh, dagweed. So they didn't know who you Mark, didn't know. They didn't, yeah, they didn't want it to be in a letter to Mark that the WGAD was uh, had moved on him on his case. So I had to, um, you know, incognito. And Mark is very smart. Um, you know, he uses code words in his artwork. He, he, um, he doesn't get the information. So he's still asking after all this, after two, three years, he's still asking for a copy of what the UN has said about him demanding his release. And, uh, the consulate will give it to them to give to Mark, but of course, Mark never gets it. He doesn't get my letters. He doesn't get my photographs. He doesn't get anything from me because they hold it in the courts. Just after yelling about it, I finally got, um, Spiha demanded that the uh, consulate and um, the courts in China release his letters. I have about 20 letters that have been held up since 2021 um, that were supposed to come to me. Um, now, he, he, um, he doesn't get his, his art supplies anymore. He's an artist. Um, he's also designed buildings, uh, architecture. Um, you know, he's a jewelry designer. But now with his hands like they are, he won't be able to do that anymore. So they you know, Mark, Mark is a, for, for folks who don't know much about Mark, in, in a nutshell, Mark is a Renaissance man. He he's a truly gifted, remarkable fellow. I could tell he takes after his parents, his mom, his, his dad, oh, his, 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 his dad, his dad, by the way, I believe his dad was a Jordanian American, too. He has an interesting background. So he, he's a really remarkable guy. And I know when he gets out of there. Uh, he's going to have a lot to share. And the one thing that's really remarkable also about him is how he would not refuse us to give in, refuse us to confess to something you didn't do. How, how, you know, how have the Americans handled that information when you tell them, hey, Mark's not going to sign something just to get out of there? Well, um, the very first consulate that called me two weeks after he was detained said, he told Mark to confess that it would be easier on him. This is a U.S. consulate telling him that. And Mark flat out said, I won't. I will never. And after almost 10 years, now, if he doesn't confess or he doesn't do what they want him to do, other detainees are getting food, plenty of food, uh, blankets in the winter. Mark is, um, because they have to bow down to them. Um, on the floor, laying on the floor and beg them for these things. And Mark yeah. refuses to do it. And so he gets cold showers. He gets uh, substantial, you know, 
uh, actually just garbage for food. All these things are in his letters. And if he hadn't, if he hadn't written to me and then hid them in, um, he, 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 you know, back when he could send things, he would hide them in between his letters in between his artwork so that he'd have a tiny little thing that said, open me. And I looked at it and I, and I said, okay, what does that mean? And I found out that, that the letters of his horrific abuse, not only him, but other detainees and, um, but the things he's been through, he's suffering. And I begged and the consulate, U.S. consulate um, has begged to get him medical help. Um, and it goes on deaf ears. And what I'm hearing when, and I've been on many, many um, discussions with Secretary Blinken and uh, Jake Sullivan, and it's like they copy and paste their answers to everything, which is their number one priority all so you, over. So, you, and, so, you, so you've been on calls with these senior officials, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Everyone except Biden. I've been on calls with them. I've been on calls with other families. They've never called me personally. Biden's never called me. Um, and, uh, you know, nobody's ever called me personally, except for the ambassador to China, Burns. He called me personally. I spoke to him and sent me a letter and I sent him a gracious letter back. I know he is working because he's right there and he sees these things. He's working on behalf of Mark. Ambassador so I know Burns, that. Ambassador Burns, yeah, Ambassador Burns needs to go and demand to see Mark and walk out of that prison yes. with Mark. And I told him so. I said, it's not enough to visit him. Um, the last ambassador never visited Mark, and he gave Mark a gift, and it was a it was a book about him. It mm -hmm. wasn't about Mark. It wasn't about setting him free. It was a book about the former ambassador. Whoa, and whoa, like, whoa, whoa. So, what, like, what what did he do? He gave him a gift of of himself. Yeah, he gave him a gift of himself, a book. And I don't know. I doubt if Mark ever even got that. But uh, but that's all he did. What ambassador, and I was, need, what, what ambassador was this during the Trump administration? You no, know, the one right before Ambassador Burns. I don't remember his name because we never communicated that much. Um, some of these people, even in the Gongshao embassy, um, they're, they're high up there and they won't even give me the time of day. Um, and so... You know, it's very disheartening to me not even to get a call um, about Mark's health situation and to learn that these letters depicting his health are from a year ago, a year ago, August. And so, of course, he's worse now. And uh, so, so, Catherine, let me ask you something, because we have to we're coming close to the uh, the end of the of, course. of, of the podcast. But. What message? I mean, and by the way, I think the guy you're talking about is Governor Brandstand. Is that was that the guy? The yes, governor? exactly. Yes, he's, he's the one who delivered a book about himself to Mark when Mark was in kept when he was able to visit with Mark. Yeah, right. And and Mark had already been there like um, a long, long time. 
So, okay. I, you know, that was disturbing to me and it made me a little angry, but I, um, well, there's, I have more to, to there's, say, more to, let me, there's more to this case than we're being told, oh, than, you're, than you're being oh, yeah. told. And um, yes. I know Mark's not the only American there, but by golly, I think he's been there the longest. What message do you have for the Biden administration? If the president's listening, what do you want to hear? And tell us a little bit about as we wrap up, is Congress doing enough? If not, what should they be doing? What's your message to Congress also about Mark's case? My message, if, if President Biden is listening, um, or any of uh, Congress listening, um, Secretary Blinken, Jake Sullivan, um, I don't want to hear any more rhetoric. They have the ability, they have the manpower, they have the money. Um, they're doing things across uh, the government that costs a lot of money. Find out what the Chinese want. My son and others, my son is a pawn. Um, he's an American. As soon as they uh, detained him, they didn't detain him before they actually saw his passport, blue passport. Then he was detained. They knew nothing about him before that. And so... I'm, I'm asking that the government take a stand. We have to take a stand or in the future, a lot more hostages and detainees are going to be uh, taken, not allowed to leave the country. Um, you cannot cherry pick on who is going to promote uh, this government administration. You have to get them all out. You have to not be afraid. They are not going to start a war over two, three hostages and detainees that are there suffering. More importantly, the upper class in China does not know how these Americans are being treated or how they treat their own people. They don't know what these detention facilities are doing that's making them look really bad. And I think by releasing them, um, getting, you know, admonishing the detainment centers for what they're doing to these guys uh, has to be brought out in the open. And they have to be, the, the communist government must be embarrassed by it. See, if they want to do trade and they want relaxed tariffs. You know, we're going to go, we're um, going to go a few more minutes because this is very important what Catherine just touched upon. Yes. And, and I just want to mention the D. Now, they've determined that they're going to put a D on countries uh, showing that they have detainees for American companies. If they want to do business with them, there's a D that coordinates them uh, with detained, unlawfully detained people. And um, I plan, and I thought about this a lot, I have 10 cans right now on my kitchen table. And they say berry farms, or they say old country fashioned sweet potatoes. And you turn it around and it says made in China. Well, I'm going to start admonishing everything that comes made in China. There has to be a law because we have so many sister cities. There's probably 30 of them, maybe more, maybe less. 
that are doing business with China, importing things, exporting things, but mainly importing things, and our our farmers are suffering. So that D, I'm going to do a campaign that says that D has to be on every single can, every single thing that's imported. Walmart is a very big, uh, they're very, very big violator of this. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I wanted to ask you about. Uh, for folks, ask, and before we get into that with Walmart and Hobby Lobby, because it, there is an interesting, could be a passing connection, but I think Catherine will, will give you her, her opinion on it in a second. But Catherine's talking about the D. Uh, at the start of the podcast, we mentioned the, the Levinson um, Hostage Recovery and Hostage Taking Accountability Act. And that's a law that was passed by Congress a few years ago, signed into law by President Trump. And there are some requirements that it puts on the U.S. government, especially the State Department, to do certain things. And this week, the government announced a uh, part of its warning, travel warning system. It created a new category of of of, enti- of, 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 of like the D they're going to add on the uh, consular list. And I'll give a link to everybody so they can go see it on the podcast uh, show links that certain countries are just a little da- more dangerous than others to visit. And China was among them. Venezuela was on the list also. Um, I think Burma was on the list. There's like five of them. I think it should be broader. I think there are other countries, but it's a good first step. I'll give them that little, one little, one little bone I'll throw at, throw at the administration, but they got to do a whole lot more. The, the governments are not going to respect us until we put Americans at the top of the priority list of all these countries. It cannot be secondary. It cannot be secondary to trade. It cannot be secondary to weapons. It cannot be secondary to anything else. Americans have to come first or they're going to keep taking hostages and nothing's ever going to come of this uh, process that the families are sac- families and hostages are sacrificed a lot to get to this point. But tell us a little bit about how is the Hobby Lobby, and we only got five or, five or so minutes, but how is the Hobby Lobby and Walmart connection to this prison facility that's where Mark is, right next to this, this flower factory or someplace. I mean, is right. is there is there some connection? Because Mark has kind of indicated certain things to you that you've been able to, you think you figured out from his messages. Yes. Not only did he indicate it, he was sitting right near it. Um, and uh, eventually through a lot of yelling about it, I guess from me, they moved the moved it away so he couldn't see them. Um, there are thousands and thousands of detainees who were making silk flowers for Hobby Lobby and Walmart, huge signs above them. And these were manufactured signs. They weren't just, you know, signs with a name on it with the, in crayon, uh, that say Walmart and Hobby Lobby. So the detainees think that they're, they're doing something good. You know, they're selling it, but they don't get paid. They work 12 hours a day. Their fingers are are uh, mixed with blood and glue. If they don't do it right, they're hung on a what they call a clothesline at night, and they're beaten. And you can hear blood curdling screams all night. And Mark this has seen this. The, the, he has seen it. Not only has he seen it, but he sent me um, the letter inside one of uh, two pieces of his artwork that were glued together with that glue. Not only that, he sent me a birthday card, and inside of it were some of the flowers that they had discarded. So people, and, so, uh, so 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 people understand this. So where Mark is located, there there are people detainees in that prison who are taken uh-huh. to this factory right next door 
to make flowers, right. silk flowers, they believe, for Hobby Lobby and Walmart? Yes, and not only that, um, they weren't, they were directly in the cells next to Mark. So he had access to see them, to see what they're doing, to obtain uh, glue or whatever. Um, and uh, I actually had a book that Mark sent me of the number of detainees and how much time they were, how many flowers they made, how much money they made uh, for, um, you know, the, the officials there. And they think they're making it for Hobby Lobby and Walmart, but they're not. They're, they don't get paid. They work 12 hours a day. They're, if it's not done right, you know, they're, they've got a lady that walks around and hits them no matter what. Uh, she even asked why Mark didn't have to do it, and they said he was a U.S. citizen. And um, so every time you buy a silk flower, that's where it's coming from. And Have you contacted so Hobby Lobby and Walmart? Oh, they don't answer me. So you've tried, uh, so you've uh, tried to contact them? Oh, yes, many times, and they don't answer me. But we're going to help. We're, um, we're, we're going to help you do that. We're going to contact Hobby Lobby again. We contacted them once; they didn't contact us. We're going to we're going to reach out to them again yeah. for you. They uh, need to be questioned, and uh, they may not know I'm, what's going on in there. No, well, I don't think the higher ups know, but I know the buyers know, and uh, so. And you know um, something. And I mean, way, tell, talking tell, about thousands of people. Tell, tell people why you know a lot about buying because you have an interesting. Back then, you, you used to be you used to be involved in a, a pretty big company doing uh, a lot of yeah. important work in Texas. Well, I I did work for thirty years in this, the um, finance sector, issuing credit, stopping orders for non-payment. These were all business business to business uh, relations. At a big company. And yeah, I worked at Dell Computer for a long, long time, and I worked at Harris Corporation that sells the satellites and I have uh, the degree in oil and gas. Um, so there's a lot of things in the backgrounds that people don't, you know, they don't normally know. Also, I worked with a lot of um, U S companies like Raytheon and, uh, and people that get funding from the U S government. And, you know, that was, that was my job. So you know about so, so you so so you know about things like supply chain and uh, and all the other oh yes yeah oh yes uh huh and also what's on their ships uh, satellites on their ships we talk about oh you you're not allowed to we're going to confiscate your your ship uh, speaking of, about Russian ships they still have satellites they communicate with even if those ships are stopped. Um, so basically, so you, 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 have a not, you have more than a basic knowledge of why you think these silk flowers could be um, being, being sourced the wrong way to Hobby Lobby and Walmart. Oh, of course. Of course. And number one, I know for a fact that Mark said after all this, after they got wind of, of uh, you know, people here knowing about it they moved these factories out a little bit so that he didn't have contact with them hmm. um so you know that that is a true fact of, about this in fact um i know for a fact that when you go into and i just did this last night 
when you go into Walmart and you're looking for a source for, I was trying to find some clothes for my grandson's school coming up. Every single one I looked at is made in where the Uyghurs are, the Uyghurs are. Every single thing, some of it's already here and some of it has to be imported. So basically and you think it's made with genocide, stop. slave labor, genocidal yes, practices. Of course it is. Yes, it absolutely is. I challenge anybody to go into Walmart and into their online and pull up stuff like clothing, um, especially for kids. And if you go scroll down, it will tell you who's sending it, who's importing it, and where it's coming from. And you will see it's the cities that have the Uyghurs. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's ridiculous because there's so much of it. Amazon does the same thing. So um, it's, it's really upsets me that we're doing all this when our farmers and manufacturers and employment here is down because uh, everything's made overseas. I have no problem with other countries. I know they do save slave labor in some countries, but I'm concerned with China because this should not happen. It should not happen. So um, I'm taking that D that they're putting on travel alone, and I propose to take that D and put it on every single can, every single thing, and promote it as much as I can because most people don't know what that means. Uh, they're not involved passionately like I am. To put it on every single thing that comes to me, I don't care if it's a Walmart cardboard box, I want them to put that to pass a law that says, yes, it has to be on goods imported from China. And it has to be noted to these people too that this is what this D means. Because if you look on the barcode on the back of anything, if it says an eight or a seven, it's made in China, That's even right. if they don't say it. So um, I'm, you know, I'm getting really passionate here about things, and uh, it's my son's life, and they don't care about it. And they made him sign papers saying he was a living donor, and Mark would never do that. He would only do that for me if I needed an organ or his brother. And so I, uh, you know, I, they are coerced in terrible ways. Mark's dealing with a broken leg right now and a dislocated knee. He's an artist. So, of course, they attacked his hands. His hands have been broken five to seven times over the last nine years. I just found this out through the consulate after a lot of yelling at them. Um, what, so, that your, so, so as we wrap up, what's your message then to the any American listening to this, to anybody who has who's active in politics or here in Washington okay. or somewhere else? What what do you want them to know? And I know you're going to get engaged. You're very engaged, and that's how we found each other a few almost a year ago. Uh, what do you want folks to do uh, to help Mark? Okay. I want Mark's story out there to Congress. They need to see it. They need to know the horrifics of it. It's not just a word, hostage or detainee. And also they need to know that although things are cheap being imported from China, they're not cheap. 
there's someone's life, there's someone's uh, hope, there's someone's uh, misery because they're they're not willing to spend ten cents more for an item. Mm. Um, they need to know which countries have these horrific policies and detainees, and uh, and people need to know that it's not just a word. And they need to know my son. I'm going to champion for him to the last breath. And um, he needs medical help. And I need I need the government to push for this any way they can, because if other countries know that we're not putting up with it, that this cannot happen, uh, you will be admonished and punished for it. They will stop doing it. And uh, it needs to happen because people are not pawns. They're mm. human beings. Ten years of his life is gone. But he still has hope. He writes in his letters, he's more worried about me than he is about himself. And he said, Mama, don't worry if I die. It might be the greatest adventure of all. And that's because he is, his faith is keeping him going. And that's that's all he has. They took everything else from him. And uh, that's what I want people to know. And that's what I want Congress to know. Don't tell me, don't copy and paste the same speech over and over again. Call me, tell me he's on his way home. It can be done. It has been done and it can be done. We've been talking to Catherine Sweden, mother of Mark Sweden, an American held hostage in communist China for close to 10 years. We are going to provide several program notes so people can read about the case, become involved with the case. Catherine's very accessible. Uh, she, she'd be happy to chat with you. She's been talking up her son's case for a long time. And thanks to her, uh, her son's one step closer uh, to coming home. Now we just need the US government to do their job and uh, finish what she can't do by herself. So Catherine, thank you so much for spending a little thank time you. with us today. I hope we can do this again soon. Thank you, Jason. I so appreciate it.